This is ESPN New York Tonight on 98.7 ESPN. Yankees right now up 4-1, to one, but the White Sox are threatening. Tie, tying runner at the plate. Runners on first and third. In the bottom of the six, Michael King trying to close it down here. Get the Yankees out of this inning still with the lead. So we'll keep you posted on that. As you heard in the update, Mike Talkman beats the Mets. Yet another loss for the Amazons post-trade deadline. Things continue to spiral out of control. Got a question later on the show that's been debated on the station that we will get to at some point. Uh, Jets, hard knocks kicking off tonight. And I got to admit, at, at first, as I've expressed in the past, I, I was vehemently opposed to it. I just didn't feel like this team, because of all the expectations and you know, everything coming into what's going to happen this season, I just didn't feel like they needed the extra distraction until once Schefter broke the story that it was going to happen, it dawned on me. If if they can't handle a couple of HBO cameras, or, you know, hanging around their facility, then they were never destined to be great anyway. Never destined to be great. So I'm excited to dive into that at some point tomorrow. I obviously can't watch it now that I'm on the air. But I'm looking forward to it. Saw some clips. Zach Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. Should be fun. And I think Rodgers is someone who in the beginning made it seem like this would be, you know, bothersome and he really didn't want it. But just the feel I get from him is that he's going to embrace it and use it to his advantage try his best to, in many ways, you know, dictate the narrative. We see a lot of great players do it. Brady did it for a while. LeBron, we know he does it. You want to control the narrative, and I think he is, to the best of his abilities, going to try to do that with this show. It's a big season for him, a lot of pressure, and so far he's handled it well. Couldn't have asked for a, a, a better honeymoon phase between Rodgers and, and this fan base that desperately is looking for something to grasp onto. It's been 13 years since they've made the playoffs, and now you go from being irrelevant for a decade plus to, oh, here's the six best odds to win the Super Bowl. And you've got Sean Payton taking shots at you know Nathaniel Hackett, so that's going to create some fireworks for Week 5. You've got... Week four, where you're going to play the defending champions. You got week six, where you're playing the defending NFC champions and champions. So there's a lot that's going to unfold here. I'm looking forward to watching Hard Knocks to kind of unofficially kick off what I'm hoping is a long and prosperous season for the Jets. We'll get into the player rankings. How do you put Rodgers 51st on this list? I mean, you got to be kidding me. But I want to start with the Giants. A couple of things here with the, the uh, New York football Giants. So Connor Hughes uh, was on the K-Show earlier today, and I came across initially it was a couple of tweets he put out about how bad of a day this was for the offense. And, you know, more specifically, he said Daniel Jones. This might have been the worst he's looked at camp, and he was just missing guys. He was wildly erratic, and you know this was the first time he played an actual opposing defense since you know the playoffs last year against the Eagles when the, the Giants got embarrassed in that game. So uh, it, it's the first time he was going up against a defense that wasn't his own, 
and we heard something opposite of him being stellar because that was the the narrative around Giants camp. You know, Daniel Jones has been excellent so far. He's been tremendous, and we've heard about you know how 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 prolific this offense has been. It's been humming. But then you get hit, and you don't want to overreact to a joint practice with the Lions. But it starts to put into perspective how much pressure there is going to be on Jones coming into this season. I have talked about this in the past. You are returning your defense that pretty much kept you afloat amidst what was a struggling offense last year. We know it was Saquon, Barkley, or Buss, and Jones was really good, especially compared to what the expectations were and him living up to the point where he was able to get that second contract with the Giants. But for the most part, it was their defense and their rushing attack keeping them alive. So you return your defense, Saquon's there. We haven't heard a peep from him, which is all good things. Because remember, we go back and we were expecting every single day there to be something about Saquon, uh, the distraction. How's it affecting the locker room? He signs that amended franchise tag, and you know it's been all quiet on that front. You love your head coach. The NFL pretty much acknowledged he had the single best coaching performance of everyone last year, given the circumstances. So all of that should lead to, right, high expectations. Defense returns, Saquon's there, love your head coach, feel great about your GM. That should all translate into you as a Giant fan feeling like there are high expectations for next season. Except that's not the case. And all we keep hearing about is them taking a step back. And then, you know, part of it is, yes, the schedule is tougher. But my retort to that is you should be a better team. Yes, you played in seven one-score games last year, but a large part of that is your offense was not explosive enough for you to win those games. And there was a deficiency at talent compared to other teams But the coaching, the elite coaching you got from Brian Dable enabled you to be in a position where you played competitive football all year long and you were able to escape because your defense made plays and then credit to Daniel Jones and Saquon, you know, for making big plays late. So that's why you were in those those one score games. But you've improved your roster. I keep hearing about how, you know, how excellent of an offseason they have had. They've improved their array of weapons, so it's not just Jones throwing to a bunch of no-names. You have some legitimate guys now with Paris Campbell and Darren Waller and you know Sterling Shepard coming back and Wondell Robinson coming back, and you just drafted speedster uh, Jalen Hyatt, who's having a, a tremendous camp. So you have an array of weapons. All of these things, all of this positivity emanating from the Giants' side of the bracket, if you will, should mean... Next year, we expect you to, at the very least, make the playoffs. Not take a step back, because that's what happened last year, right? You made the playoffs, won a playoff game on the road. So with all of these things working in your favor, the idea that we should just accept you taking a a step back just doesn't make sense to me until we get to the root of it. And it's not really about you having a tougher schedule. You know what it comes down to and what everyone is admitting? 
you still have legitimate questions about your quarterback. Despite the fact that you just paid him $40 million a year, no one is sold on Daniel Jones. Because if they were, we wouldn't see Vegas having their under, their over-under at seven and a half wins when they won nine games last year and won a playoff game. We wouldn't hear people talking about you know them taking a step back in a conference that really has three teams you know for a fact are going to be good. And that's Dallas, that's San Francisco, and that's obviously Philadelphia. Outside of that, it's a very weak conference. So the feeling should be, yes, I expect us to make some noise next year. Not win a championship, but I don't expect us to take a step back. The only reason why you would have pause, the only reason why you would have trepidation about what to expect next season, when you've got the reigning coach of the year on the sidelines, when you've got one of the best running backs in football, when you've got a a defense that you really trust, and you've kept both your coordinators. That was a big thing going into the offseason last year, right? Like, what if we lose our coordinators? Kept both those guys. Upgraded at your receiving core. You still have questions about your quarterback. Legitimate questions. You can praise him for what he was able to do in a contract season. Cut down on the turnovers, made some big throws, and amassed 22 total touchdowns. He made improvements. He made strides compared to, you know, where we were on his ceiling prior to the campaign. Of course he did. But there is no way in hell you're sitting here telling me that if you're a Giants fan right now, just accepting that this team is going to take a step back, it's not all coming down to how you feel about Daniel Jones. It absolutely does. So let's talk about it. 800-919-3776. This became a, a, a topic of conversation earlier. Is Daniel Jones a top 10 quarterback in football? Let's talk about it next, right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight on 98.7 ESPN. Okay, Ty, for once we agree on something. Dak is better than Jones, but do you take Dable and Wink over McCarthy? Absolutely. Right like right now, going into next season, would I have would I rather have Brian Dable over Mike McCarthy? Without question. And I know McCarthy's won a Super Bowl, did with the Packers back in two thousand ten. But it just feels like since then he has regressed and especially late in game, struggling with clock management and timeouts. That that play at the end of the Niners game last year, I mean, what are you thinking there? What are you thinking? So, yeah, right now at this stage of, of both of their careers, and I don't want to overreact to one-year Brian Dable, but I, I would rather have him coaching my football team than Mike McCarthy. And I don't think that's a hot take. That That's just how I feel right now. It's nothing. It's taking nothing away from Mike and what he's been able to accomplish. Winning the Super Bowl is huge, right? Like that's not just something you sneeze at. But I'm saying right now in 2023, I got to take it. And someone also is taking exception to you know why I have Dak over over Kirk Cousins. Have you seen Cousins' stats? Yeah, I've also seen Cousins doesn't perform in prime time. Cousins one o'clock slate, great. Once that the the lights come on or the lights. Come on for, for night games, prime time. 
he he just starts throwing up all over himself. And we just watched him in the playoffs get outdo it by Daniel Jones. So come on now, 800-919-3776. Let's go to Anthony in Long Island. What's up, Anthony? Hey, Ty, what's going on? My question is, here's my question. You take Jalen Hurts and put him on the Chiefs. Do you think he gets him to the Super Bowl and wins the Super Bowl? Uh, well, gets them to the Super Bowl is one question, and I appreciate the call. Gets them to the Super Bowl, maybe. It's it, it, it's it, it's tough because the, the, the Bengals were right there. The Bengals had an excellent shot to beat Kansas City. Had an excellent shot. So it's right there. I, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that he gets them to the Super Bowl. But wins the Super Bowl? So so what are we doing now? Are we trading Mahomes for Hurts straight up, and now I'm putting Mahomes on the Eagles, and now he's got Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown to throw to? No chance he's winning the Super Bowl in that scenario. Or, or, or if we're saying you replace you replace Hurts with this just, you know, average quarterback, Mahomes doesn't exist, you put Mahomes on the— uh, or you put Hurts on the Chiefs, do they still win it? then that changes the, the conversation a little bit. But I, I don't know if it's a foregone conclusion. You put Hurts on that Chiefs team last year. I, what he was able to do, man, on one foot, you cannot underrate that at all. Let's go to Dan and New World Show. What's up, Dan? Hello? Hey, Dan, what's going on? Hi. Um, yeah, you said uh, the, uh, the low expectations about the Giants are yeah. um, surrounding uh, Daniel Jones and – the Giants have holes all over their roster. All right, let's let's talk even, about them. Let's talk about them. Even even with all the upgrades in the receiving core, they're still third best in their own division. Okay, but that the offense the, the offensive line is a work in progress. Wait, so I let mean, me ask you. Know, hang, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. So they they were third best in their division last year and made the playoffs and then won a playoff game. So if if we're saying that they're going to take a step back. It either means that we're saying they're going to make the playoffs and not win a game, or they're just going to miss the playoffs completely. The hierarchy in the division didn't change from last year. It's still the same this year. So that shouldn't be a reason why we accept them taking a step back when despite them being the third best team in the division last year, they still were able to get to the playoffs and win a playoff game. Well, they can improve as a team, but that not show up in the win-loss column. But why? 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 Because... Because that's the breaks. That's how they work. Sometimes the breaks go your way and sometimes they don't. Yeah, it's well, not good enough. All the breaks went to the Giants' way. They did far better than they expected. Yeah, and they improved in, in the offseason. They improved it. They improved their team in the offseason. So we, we keep being met by, like, we're just accepting this de facto, you know, year two, you automatically take a step back. No, you have a great head coach. You just paid your quarterback. You have arguably the best running gap, uh, running back in all of football. You improved your, your weakness, which was your receiving core. No, you shouldn't just forfeit. Oh, well, yeah, we're going to take a step back, year two regression. Is it too much to ask them to, for the first time in seven years, beat the Cowboys? We have to just sign up for them being swept by both Dallas and Philadelphia. Just because they're that much better, there are Giants fans who would who who want you to think their quarterback is better than the the quarterback the Cowboys employ. Is it too much to ask them to simply split with Dallas? And then even if I give you 
being swept by Philadelphia because they're just that much better than you, as they showed last year. Then counter that by sweeping Washington, who barely has a quarterback. And people are trying to talk up Sam Howell, and I get they have weapons, their defense is good. Uh, but if you're, if I'm going to accept you getting swept by Philadelphia, make it up by sweeping Washington. You beat them last year and then tied. You've improved your team. You're not good enough to sweep them. You're not good enough to s- split with Dallas. I got to sign up for you going, you know, two and four in your division, even though you got a great head coach who improved your team and all these positive things are coming out of camp. Come on now. I, I-, I can't sit on that. I-, I just can't do it. Cullum's in the Bronx. What's up, Cullum? Oh, what's going on, Ty? How we doing? I'm doing well, man. What's going on? Talk to me. So, you know, I was talking, you know, we're talking the Giants and stuff like that. I look at I look at it a little bit, you know, cautiously optimistic. You know, there's no way you can shape or form. You say the wide receivers and the skills positions improved. We have to think that the offensive line will be a little bit better. I, you know, Evan Neal's pedigree coming out of Alabama. I don't, I don't foresee him being a bust. Yeah, and you, you just know, locked up Andrew Thomas. You just locked up your left tackle. Exactly. And to me, the, the two points I have, the second most important thing to me besides a quarterback in the NFL is great coaching. Because great coaching can get the most out of a team. And we saw that last year. It's not a guarantee that – but it looks like they might have some of the best, you know, some of the best coaching staff total for the Giants, possibly, or what they did last year with, with what they had talent-wise. But another thing that is extremely I'm excited about as a Giants fan is the ability to run 11 personnel with two tight ends and a lead blocker for Saquon. If you come out with that, with that lineup, if you're going to go heavy and try to load up to stop Saquon Barkley, now you have a linebacker on Bellinger and you have a linebacker on Waller. You could pass out of that. And if you're going to go lighter, now you can get run on. That's going to be a matchup nightmare right now scenario I can foresee. I could see them running that a lot, and that's going to be, that's going to be a big difference. You know, and it's kind of like a very light version of, you know, Gronk and Aaron Hernandez when they had two dynamic tight ends. Yeah, and listen, it, it is something that, you know, the Giants have upgraded, and I appreciate the call. Last year, they were the worst team at throwing the deep ball. Fewest amount of 20-yard receptions with 28. So you should expect that in year two of this offense, Daniel Jones can be better throwing the ball down the field. And you bring up Waller just now and the different coverages they can run. His security blanket last year was who? Saquon Barkley. Now you have that as a receiver. And, you know, Darren Waller is a tight end. But when he's healthy, he's your best weapon. So you've upgraded in that regard. I, I can expect Daniel Jones to be able to throw the deep ball better. I can expect Darren Waller is going to provide that security blanket for him, and it's not just going to be a Saquon or bust offense. You know, someone just hit me on Twitter. Uh, they won most of their games by one score, and any of those games could have gone either way. They didn't have any dominating wins. So you mean to tell me the only reason why you would be optimistic about the Giants taking a step forward is if they just completely dominated last year. You can't look at the seven one-score games and say we've improved our offense, we've improved the overall talent on this roster, our head coach is going to continue to get better, our quarterback's going to continue to get better. The schedule, yes, on the surface seems tough, but it's tougher for other teams because we also got better. Our division 
could be one of the best in football. Our conference stinks. Don't get swept by the Cowboys. Don't get swept by the Eagles. And if you do get swept by Philadelphia, make up for it by sweeping Washington. The notion that you should just, you know, oh, sign up for a year two regression, that's ridiculous to me. Back to your phone calls when we return right here on 987 ESPN. Let's go! This is ESPN New York Tonight on 98.7 ESPN. Filled in for Dan Grossa earlier today. Dan Grossa was in for Dave Rothenberg on a morning show. So a lot of uh, switcheroo going around on the station today. But I'm here hanging out till midnight. Glad to be with y'all. 800-919-3776. Let's go to Buddha in the Bronx. What's going on, Buddha? What's going on, franchise? I'm chilling, man. What's up? Hey, you know, uh, this is a good topic. I mean, we had spoke about this a couple of weeks ago. You know, with the Daniel Jones thing. I, I just say this much before I, I touch on that. The reason why I think Hertz has um, surpassed Allen is just, you know, to me, I feel like with, with, with both of them, you get dynamic play, right? But with Hertz, I feel like he's less feast of famine. You know, there's less turnovers. And let's keep it a buck. If he didn't get hurt the last two, if those last two games that he played, he was going to be the league MVP. Yeah, he was. So, you know, a league MVP is not nothing to sneeze at. You understand what I'm saying? You yeah. let me know when Josh Allen gets one of those. Josh Allen did finish second in, what was that, 2020? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, one thing I, and you're going to turn me into a Josh Allen defender. One thing I would say to that is we saw when Josh Allen, you know, that year became who we, we known him to be, he wasn't a big turnover guy. It was, but it was a one-year sample size. And once the offense became more, you know, Josh Allen-centric, it exposed him to, you know, having the ball more and him becoming more careless. So we'll see what happens with Hurts. It's easy to say now he's not prone to, you know, to making turnovers and the big mistakes. But we'll see how he responds to, you know, an electrifying season where he was the quarterback of a team that went to the Super Bowl and now. You know, everyone's everyone's gunning for him. So we'll see if he's able to handle that hangover uh, losing in the Super Bowl the way that they did. You know, I like them both. You know, and I admit, it is splitting hairs, you know. So I'm not trying to disparage Josh Allen because I've always been a big fan of his, too. I like it the way he developed. I like the way Hurts developed. I mean, that's why I keep saying to the people, and people just want to be like, yeah, you know, we got Aaron Rodgers. Do you still have to draft somebody next year? Because you got to develop somebody. The, 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 the Jets, that's their whole problem. They don't have, you know, and I think the offensive coaching – is a big deal in terms of your head coach, in terms of drafting a quarterback. I didn't think that before, but, you know, I've come to the realization that, that, that that's a big part of it. But, you know, look, now with Daniel Jones, you know, obviously when Dayball and them came in, they, they, they didn't have any really good thoughts about him. You know, that's why they brought Tyrod Taylor. I'm sure they were expecting to, you know, put Tyrod Taylor in there at some point um, last year. And you could even see it early in the season when he threw that interception, the way Dayball was getting all in his face. Oh, the ten- like yeah, the Tennessee game. You could see it. Like, you know, yeah. like they didn't have good feelings about him. But, I, you know, I'll say this much. With Jones, there's good and there's bad there. You know, um, obviously, you know, his height is, is a plus. I feel like he throws a really, really good deep ball. And, you know, he didn't get that nickname Danny Dimes for no reason. We didn't see it last year. That's the problem, Buddha. You know why, though? Listen, the first year he played, and I'm, I'm, I'll keep it a buck, the offense, Pat Shermer was a horrible head coach, but his offense was more wide open, and Jones had more weapons. 
So that's why you saw him throwing the ball down the field more. They didn't have much to work with here. And, they, and like I said, they didn't trust him. Mm-hmm. You know, along with them not having a lot of work, you know, a lot of people to work with. So they kept things close to the vest. There were a couple of games, though, you see, even it was, I think it was the, um, the game against the Jaguars. He made a throw to Slayton in the end zone. I mean, listen, there's like six or seven guys in the league that can make that throw. So there are some positives there. Where his weaknesses are, and I think part of that, them calling things close to the vest is his pocket awareness in terms of blindside hits has not been good. And that leads to two things. It's led to the turnovers. And injury. Yep. Led to the injuries. Yep. Right, exactly. And it's also led to the injuries. So, you know, I got him, let's say, between anywhere between like 13 and 17. And I think that's fair. That's fair. You no, know, he's not better than Dak Prescott. No, not he's yet. not. And, and, and for me, Dak Prescott... Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, and uh, Derek Carr, you could shake all three of those guys up in the bag, and, you know, you could pick one of them, whatever style of that play that you like. But with all three of them, you're not going to win a Super Bowl because of them. So, you know, I don't know where Jones is going to go in terms of, like you said, they have the weapons are there. There's no more excuses here. This is really his make-or-break year. I know he's got a two-year deal or whatever like that, you know, before they could get out of it. But this is really his make-or-break year. If these receivers stay healthy, if Wallace stays healthy, you can't come into these seasons. Man, I listened to that Giants fan that called you. He's like, yeah, the Giants have a lot of holes all over. Like, dude, stop it. I'm a, That's yeah, excuses. I, yeah, Those I don't get excuses. it. I don't get it. And, and, and this, 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 of, of the Eagles. this narrative that's going around, Buddha, that's like, well, I would accept the Giants taking a step back, but if in the process Jones took a step forward. I can't even compute that. Because if Daniel Jones takes a step forward, you've got Saquon, you've got one of the best coaches in football, you've got a really good defense. How, how are you taking a step back? This comes down to the quarterback. Exactly. Like you said, the defense, the Giants' defense was, was well run. They've um, secured some pieces. You know, like they have, a, they have a decent defense. Their defense is, like I would say, between the 14 and 12 range as well, which is good enough for you to win. The thing is, like, like what you're going to want to see from Jones this year, and maybe this is where he's not better than Dak, but can he get to where Dak is equally? I think he can get there. And, and that's going to all depend on, on the two things, whether he's able to handle – see, they did, they, I felt like they gave him the full playbook in the Minnesota playoff game. And then, you know, like I said, the weapons weren't good. 300 yards, 24 for 30, you can't do much better than that. Yeah. So now, in turn, when you got Hyatt, when you got um, Waller, when you got um, the, the Wendell Robinson coming back, you should have two, three, maybe four 300-yard games yeah. in the season. There's no excuses. Give me 26 touchdowns, give me 10 interceptions. That's something you could build on because there's, he's playing for his career with the Giants. There's no year. excuses. I don't care about two years later. Yeah, there's no excuses. I appreciate the call, Buddha. No excuses next year. You cannot tell me that if a Giants fan right now sitting here listening to this show as we everyone is all over themselves about the Jets and what their expectations are. Looking at your team playing in a conference that outside of the Niners, the Cowboys, and the Eagles really has a bunch of question marks. You look at the group that you have led by a head coach you love, who was able to, you know, get in a room with Shane and, and put together a blueprint that led to the Giants 
going to the playoffs, winning a playoff game last year. Saquon is back, and for the moment, seems like he's ha- he's happy. Just locked up Andrew Thomas. You locked up Dexter Lawrence. You feel great about the direction of this team. Daniel Jones, you gave a big contract to, and I get it's only two years you can get out of it. $40 million a year to this guy, and you are expected to take a step back? That is an indictment of the, the, uh, of the quarterback. And if you are someone in that camp expecting the Giants not to be as good next year, you know what it means? You really don't believe in your quarterback, which, which is why it's a big season for him. Hour number two coming up, ESPN New York tonight.